Hi, I'm uh, Justin Reed, CEO of Troilus Gold. Uh, we are a developing gold and copper producer in northern Quebec. Uh, strong balance sheet, large resource, 8.1 million ounces equivalent and growing, five drills turning, targeting uh, new resource pre-feasibility mid-year and uh, eventual construction of one of the largest uh, gold producers in Quebec. Justin, good to see you again, sir. Um, we wanted to catch up with you. Lots of um, uh, drill results out that we, that we want to uh, get into um, with you. But what, what we've noticed is this slight change of emphasis from you know pure gold story with a little bit of copper to perhaps a little bit heavier weighting on the, on the copper. Why is that? Uh, commodity price, probably. I think uh, focus um, from a market standpoint and a demand standpoint for copper and the economic input that the uh, commodity will have on the eventual project. Um, you know, we're going to produce between seven and 10,000 tons of copper a year. That's not a huge number, but it is the largest copper producer or will be the largest copper producer in Quebec and the largest between Sudbury and Boise's Bay. Um, so $3 copper in our PA gave you about $100 million in NAV. 450 copper, where we are today, increases that by about another $150 million US. Um, so it's significant from an economic standpoint. And then from a financing standpoint, which ultimately is an incredibly important discussion point now in the market as you're a developer and building, um, it provides us a ton of optionality. And so... Uh, uh, copper's in high demand, and we're getting approached about it a lot. Right, but what, what, what's it do for the shareholders? You're saying that it's we're not it's not a segue. We're not changing direction. This this is a reaction to market conditions for copper because it helps us with m maybe better access to financing. I mean, you were already covered in that department. So, what what else does it bring to shareholders? Well, we're really not changing direction at all. We're just talking about it a little bit more, right? This is this is going to be a 200 to 250,000 ounce producer plus for 20 plus years. Um, the copper is just more relevant today because the Quebec government is focusing on it. The Canadian government is focusing on it and global inventories are quite low. However, um, at $3 copper, 15% of our revenue was going to be copper based. At 450 copper, it's more like 20% of our revenue is going to be copper based. I want to keep our gold and our precious metals unencumbered. We are a gold producer. We want to keep that leverage clear for our shareholders. Copper provides the opportunity for non dilutive financing, if you think of it that way. Um, you can sell it forward. There's a number of derivative instruments you can use for the copper. You can stream it. There's a there's hundred different things that you can do with copper that ultimately provides further de-risking that your project's going to get built. Economically, it makes it a great deposit, helps make it a better deposit. And um, from a capital standpoint, it provides me with optionality um, for financing. And it's all about financing now when you look at CapEx is above $300 million. But well, last time we spoke, we, we talked about the finances and the Quebec government's uh, intent to help companies like, like yourself. So that, that, for me, I kind of written, written that down and said, well, okay, that, that's fine. That's all, that's all recovered here. So is, is, it, is it worth the risk, you know, trying to maybe, in, you know, increase the variables on the table, slightly change the narrative for the market? Or do you think that's, that's what it's going to take? And, and, only, and the reason I ask that is because copper equities have not followed copper price. 
and go, and the precious metal market last year was was tough for everyone, right? So, is this just just switching things up just for the sake of it, or do you you believe that as a future producer, this is the right thing to do now? I, I think it's important that we start looking at that optionality now, right? Um, our financiers are still in place. Quebec government is still in line with us. They're great partners. They're great shareholders. That's not going away. I think this gives them even more confidence. At the end of the day, they have to have a return too, right? And so uh, the copper, the Quebec government and the Canadian government named copper a strategic and focused metal. If it's named a strategic metal, that means that their their balance sheet is going to be directed more towards that exposure um, because they've been mandated to. We're going to be the largest copper producer in Quebec. So uh, as such, we should talk about it. Okay, well, like, I took, took in balance sheets. You've got quite a bit of cash. Um, let's just remind people what you're going to be doing with that. I, I, where, where are we at? So 40 million bucks or so. Um, drilling, obviously, order of the day, but can you kind of run through the priority of uh, spend? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, this is the year. This is the year for Troilus, and uh, everybody's coming out in January saying this is the year for us, but, but it is. I mean, um, cash is strong, circa $40 million. Five drills turning right now. We are racing to a very fast 30,000 meters. With five drills, I'm talking 12 to 15,000 meters for a month for the first two months, and then it'll tail off. Um, The press release that we put out uh, yesterday shows more great results. The extension of the Southwest, all five drills are sitting right there. The footprint of Southwest is now 1.85 kilometers. To put that in perspective, that's a larger strike length than 87 and J zone, where 2 million ounces of gold and 70,000 tons of copper was historically produced. Um, so that 30,000 meters is about chasing those grades we released right to surface where we can see them, filling it in for reserve and getting it into the pre-feasibility. So lots of draw results. Met work is almost complete. We'll get that to the market very shortly. Um, I'm not concerned about it because we had 14 years of data that shows us good Met recoveries, but brand new Met work, um, new resource. We haven't put out a resource in over a year and a half, and we've completed almost 150,000 meters of drilling since our last 8.1 and pre-feasibility before the middle of the year. That's, that's fast. It, it, it is fast, but you know you're you're already big, right? You're already big. You, you're going to get to a scale where it's it's almost it's going to be too too big for others. I know you've, yeah. you're putting a team in here, you know, builders, right? They're miners. They they that you're you're very firm on that with me last time. You're you're putting people who can actually build a mine. That's all. That's cool. All yeah. good stuff. You don't need to do much more drilling. You, you're doing infill. You're going to get this resource right. which we reserve out again to, for investors to 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 what end? So this, we need reserve, you know, pre-feasibility. You can have all the inferred in the world. That's great. We're seeing great conversion of uh, inferred to reserve. This is about infilling to a level of confidence that the market needs or our financiers need M443-101. The also very important thing is that the grade profile, you know, we put out 14 meters of two grams and within that four of uh, five of four and a half. And there's a bunch of read the press release. There's a whole bunch of great intersections in the South there. The grade's creeping up and a low grade bulk tonnage deposit. If we can identify in the Southwest 20 or 30% higher grade for the first four to six years, the impact of the economics is unbelievable. 
And I think we are getting to that point now where by raising the cutoff grade from 0.3 to 0.5, we have the potential of running higher grade through the mill early in the mine life, expedites your payback, increases your IRR, and provides a far better project. And so that's what we're working on. The Southwest is giving that to us right now. Right, and so I want, I want, that's quite important point actually, because we did talk about it last time, but I saw some questions sent in which suggest people didn't catch that necessarily, which is that's the reason the resource component has been delayed. You're, you're seeing higher grade and you got, you're doing this infill program. So it's worth the wait for you, certainly in terms of the economics, to justify sure. delay, right, okay. 100%, I mean, there is, it's, you know, we, we started the company in 2018. We've done, I've identified a new six and a half million ounces in the last three years. Pre-feasibility is on the doorstep, that's fast. That's really fast. And so we don't wanna make a mistake and there's a huge opportunity right in front of us and we have to finish it. So. Right. Okay. You, you talked about the network coming out. You'll let us know what, what, what that looks like shortly, imminently. Q1, presumably. Is that right? Did you say? Yep. Okay. Fantastic. Resource and uh, res- reserve. When would, would we see that now? First half? You'll, you'll, see, you'll, you'll see that fairly close to the, uh, to the pre-feasibility. So both of them will be coming in just before mid-year. Mid-year. Okay. First, first half. Fantastic. Um, obviously, you've gone and recruited a bunch of people who aren't here for exploration. Because this is big enough, it's 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 big enough for them to say. I actually think this is going to be a mine. Um, what are they doing? What have they been doing in the background? Yeah, we had we had a very busy. We kept it quiet, but we've had a very busy summer away from the mine because the mine's really engineering focused now. Um, we've had five teams, almost forty plus people in our thousand fourteen hundred square kilometers, taking our new model from the mine. And applying it to the belt, um, tons of geophysics, eight or ten thousand rock samples and soil samples, uh, some drilling, and uh, we'll be presenting our whole regional program to the market. But what what we've been saying all along, and I think the work over the last two summers regionally has shown, is that Troilus isn't a mine. Troilus is a belt. And that this belt has been underexplored or not explored for 50 years and certainly hasn't been explored the way we explore with modern techniques. And that I think there's going to be a lot more Troilus's sitting there. Okay, well, okay. Tell me how you come at that. Because I'm always, always coming at it from the investor's point of view when I can sort of expect to see some uplift, some value creation, right? So it's not a mine, it's a belt. There'll be, there'll be a bunch of Troilus's in here. What's the work that's being done now? Because I asked you about, you know, what was the mining team doing, the team who will build a mine doing, and you're talking about regional exploration because it's a belt. Okay, so I get you want to push that, but the market is not rewarding people who are taking a long time to get into into production, right? It's it's like if the story runs, for two, I know it's two, 2018 for you, but it's got a history before this. So people want to see some action here. So what's the team doing in terms of moving this forward on that front? On the mining front, all focus. Um, we've already had our first um, permitting consultations. So on the environmental side, pre-consultations are underway. Um, the environmental team is completing the EIA. Provincial permitting is underway. And so there is a whole environmental permitting team that is working towards delivering the permits required to build this mine. And 
you never spend enough time talking about permitting. It's just, oh yeah, every COSA is coming. Don't worry, it's taken care of. But we have two processes, provincial and federal. Jacqueline LaRue and her entire team are running this. Jacqueline is one of the best environmental engineers I've ever worked with. And she has an incredibly good handle on it. Um, we had a huge turnout for our first consultations uh, two days ago. And it's great. Uh, you know, we're seeing lots of support, but it's step one of five in permitting underway. Engineering, you have geotech done. You have tailing studies with Golder underway. You have lycopodium running in our process plant. You have G-mining working as a peer review to everything that we're doing. Um, we have between six and seven different external consultants working with Richard Harrison, um, Ian Pritchard, and our entire engineering team delivering the absolute best PFS. And then Blake Highlands and the mine exploration team is is throwing this resource in and all the engineers are kind of waiting for this last 30,000 meters of drilling. So everybody at the shop is full, uh, full steam ahead. Okay, that's good. And again, in terms of the, we hear what you're doing um, Q1 and obviously the PEA some point mid-year, maybe first half. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. Um, how, does, how, does it, how fast does it move after that point? Because, like I said, if you, you if you kind of you just said to me, it's, it's kind of we have not talked about this before. There are multiple trellises out there. That that's great news for the future, and yeah. maybe people start factoring in some of that upside now. But what they need to see is, can we do the first one, please? Right. So, what, what, what's the timeline as you see it for the yeah for getting so, into production? So pre, and whatever I tell is wrong, and we, <laughs> and we everybody understands that. But pre feasibility by mid year. What what. What I'm really pleased about in the pre-feasibility is that the geotech work, um, the tailings work, and the processing work is all going to be done to an incredibly high standard, uh, very close to full pre-feasibility scale. Uh, so I think we're going to be able to expedite the feasibility targeting year-end or early Q1 of next year. So think of a six-month uh, six gap between pre-feasibility to feasibility. Pre-feasibility does a huge, is important. Final project description goes in because of that. You start your IBA, impact benefit agreements with the First Nations at that point. It's a very important flagpole. Um, and then we're not worried about provincial um, permitting. Remember, we have a permitted site. We need to amend it. We have a permitted tailing, so we need to amend it. So it's brownfields, disturbed, well-known. Federal, so we believe we can permit um, provincially in 12 to 18 months. Um, federal, as everybody who's spoken to you in Canada is, is the wild card now. Um, federal permitting can take anywhere from 12 to 18 months to five years. And that five years is a very daunting number. And I don't want people to get worried about that because that's the maximum each of the five steps could take. The government gives you windows. We have a huge lobby with the Quebec government and the First Nations. We have an active mining history. We have a disturbed site. And we have a number of measures to mitigate timelines. So we believe that 18 months, we can have the whole thing permitted, really in a position to break ground in 2024. I can understand that. Okay. Um, which, is, which, is, which, is, which is fine, right? 
which was absolutely fine. No, no, no problem with that. I was just trying to understand um, how you're coming at it. Um, I need to ask you something. Um, because there was some there was some concern in the market, I need to know if I should be concerned. You got some in, insiders. Um, I think we're, we're talking about was it two, two million options uh, being bought and sold. What do you guys know that we need to be aware of? No, they weren't sold. It was uh, shareholder approved standard compensation plan that was put in place by KPMG. Shareholders approved it. We have no options in Troilus. We have an RSU plan. Uh, just like all the major companies and advanced developers. And January is when they vest. And, um, you know, it's, it's counted as income and it's taxable. And so all of those who were and that majority, we have a big team. Uh, the majority of those who were issued RSUs had to pay tax. So you either wrote a check or you had the choice of selling some stock. And there was a, a small amount sold. But uh, for the most part, pretty pleased to see that the majority wrote checks to get all their stock. And so it's just it's standard. Majority of companies do it uh, and it's considered best practices right now. So again, the, and the quantum uh, is below the 50th percentile of our peer group. So um, no problems there. Okay, so standard, standard issue across the board. Um, but I think it is, it's, it, just needs you to say it out loud and for people to get comfortable. So I think that that was um, uh, worth asking. Can I just talk to you about the market though? Okay, you're an, you're an ex markets guy, right? You you you've got a view on these things. We saw press metals across the equities across the board on a lot of pressure. Gold price, silver price, pretty darn good actually. If you're a producer, uh, lots of money being generated and probably lots of M and A coming down the line. Where, how, do you, how do you think you did in relation to your your peers? Would you think it was pretty? Well, well I, I mean, I, it's two questions. How do I think we did? I think we did poorly, and because our share price is down, right? That's I'm a huge shareholder. My value in Troilus went down, and uh, ultimately, that's what I care about. I mean, I'm benchmarked against the GDXJ. I'm benchmarked by my board against my peer group, but ultimately my job is for our stock to go up and, and it will. Um, we, uh, we underperformed the GDXJ. The majority of the developers did. Remember the market cap average for the GDXJ is close to a billion bucks. Um, so we, we underperformed the GDXJ by about five to 10%, I think. And uh, our peer group, which is a number of other developers that you have on, uh, we were in line or outperformed them by kind of 10%-ish. So we're caught up in the wave. Um, I don't think, I think it's that a lot of, there was a perception or is a perception that, well, you don't necessarily have to own the developers today. So you can come in. There's a lot of de-risking to do. There's going to be a lot of capital to raise. And, uh, you know, we, we can go look at some of these producers who are trading at pretty low multiples. And they were. Um, exciting to see that the producers are making incredibly good cash right now. Balance sheets are getting really strong. Debt's getting paid off. Dividends are going up. And then if you look at the last six months of last year, we've never seen so much gold M&A, you know. Nico Kirkland, like, you know, there, there were 12 or 15 transactions, um, great for the bankers. So all of those are cleaning themselves up right now, I think. But uh, certainly, I think we're in a great spot. If it, what I say to my team is heads down, 
cash is great. The risk of dilution to our shareholders in the near term or midterm is zero. And, uh, and we have a great project with a ton of catalysts to deliver. Um, the capital will flow back to the developers. We will see, I, I mean, obviously I'm a gold bull. I really believe in the inflation hedge trade. The market is fighting it as much as they can, but it's going to break. You know, the equities are weak, but gold's at 1850. Gold was at 18 plus or minus for the entire half of last year. That's the strongest gold price we've seen in almost ever. So for, for a length of time, um, yeah, so you're going to see growth. You're going to see growth, and I think money's going to flow back. And everything I'm reading um, is that the gold on trade is now, especially with you look at in the S&P, look at the big off trade of, uh, of huge tech right now, the massive retreat of tech, especially in New York and globally, switch back to hard assets where they look and they're looking copper, nickel, gold. I'd agree with that summary of the market uh, at the moment. But, but here's a question um, that leads on from that. But I'm talking my own book. Well, no, you, you, you are. Um, and and uh, gold bulls always do you know, and uh, always will, I, I suspect. Uh, but you're not a kind of gold 5,000 guy. You're, you're more realistic than that. Um, is... Here's the question for you. You've got a big resource and you, you know, you're going to update it uh, soon. It's going to be a big number. We've seen these big deals. You mentioned and referenced some of them, um, you know, earlier. There is a lot of cash around. There's, a, there's some of the big guys are looking to kind of f- fill up their uh, resource and reserve numbers. Um, do you think you're defensible? Would, would you be upset if someone came along? Because, you're of a, you're of a scale, right? You're you you're, you're one of those guys. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's an it's a it's funny an, problem, right? It's a funny it's problem a, to have. Well, it's like it's it's a terrible problem actually if you think about it because it's um, I work for the shareholders. My board works for the shareholders. If somebody came in and this is completely hypothetical and offered a hundred percent premium for trailers, right? So a buck fifty a share. I failed in my mind. I have failed. If I don't take a buck fifty a share to my to my shareholders, I go to jail. You, you, you know what I mean. And so there is this relative value argument where, hey, a buck fifty a share, congratulations, you're a three hundred fifty million dollar company. Yeah, but we're building a billion dollar asset, and we haven't even got a chance to deliver it yet. And so, um, but that is the nature of the beast, and this is a long game. And building a mine is hard. And there's a number of, you can't rush it. You can't make a mistake on your steps because if you make a mistake here, you got to go back to the beginning. So it's just methodical de-risking and value will be recognized. I look at some great assets out there. I look at Eagle at Victoria Gold. Victoria Gold was a $50 million company forever. Nobody believed they could do it. Nobody believed John could do it. John did it. He financed it. He's a billion-dollar company. He's now got a target of 250,000 ounces a year. Um, And it was hard work. You look at Detour. You look at a Cisco. It was hard work. The market wanted to forget them until they got into production. So, yeah, um, we need to deliver these major catalysts in the first half of this year. Um, 
because I think those are going to be major de-risking events for us that hopefully start that that train of appreciation. Yeah, and it's, that is really important for you. And the reason, the only reason I ask this is because I've seen you know different types of buying this year. We saw a great bear, you know, no resource, just drill, 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 and you know there you go, Kinross waltz in and, and pay a, a big chunk of change for that. Uh, and you know, was back perhaps diff- valued it slightly differently. You've got other types of buying um, else, elsewhere in the world. It makes me realize that. You've, got, you've either got to say, I, uh, I need to show the shareholders why we can be a billion dollar company and you're going to need to do it quick because I agree with you. I think if you sell, if you sell out at $1.50 at the moment, you'd be like, well, that's kind of where I was in the middle of last year, beginning of last year uh, before the market came off. Um, that would not be a win for you or the, or the rest of the board, I suspect. But you need the support of the shareholders and their belief in your ability. So you think these catalysts this year will give you that defense or defendability, i.e. the support of retail? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, you know, the market hears from me. Um, They need to hear from other people on my team as well. They need to hear from our our geological team and Blake Highlands who are adding the ounces. We need to hear from Richard Harrison, who's building this mine, right? Hey, Richard, why did you leave Malartic building the $1.7 billion Odyssey project it was his project to come to Troilus, right? And um, obviously the answer is I'm going to pay him well and give him lots of stock, but it's, it's a great asset and it's going to be a great mine. So yeah, everybody hears from me. I think, I think it would be great for, uh, for them to hear from other people at Troilus too. We're going to make that happen. Um, we're going to set up two, I think two, two more interviews so that we can do it. One, um, with with your geo team and um, and obviously want a second one to hear about uh, how this thing gets built out. So like um, Justin, appreciate your time today. Uh, great uh, great uh, update from you and uh, look forward as to what you're going to be up to. Um, but I think I want to take you up perhaps on on the offer of speaking to a few other people in the team. Really sort of see the the, the depth of the team. So appreciate your time today. Thanks very much. Thank you.